Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Welcome back in. It is the early line, getting you ready for the week and getting you ready to earn a little bit of extra cash here. Kevin and I looking at the UFC, looking at negotiations in play. We talked about how, you know, it's going to all come down to the money. I may even be getting Kevin to realize that the money details are really, really important. (laughs) We'll follow that as we go along. Obviously, there's a lot of sports that seem close or dotting their I's and crossing their T's. We're really excited about it. In hour number one, though, Kev, we finished off talking about how it looks like, listen, the commissioner's office in baseball will be able to kind of deliver the schedule. And we did a little bit of the math. We saw Jeff Passan and others kind of figure out uh, why the owners believe they're losing money, how much they are, and what a landing place could be. I did want to say this, though. Mm. If we talk about, you know, 60, 65, 50 games, right, that's like a third of the season, Kev. And we've talked about how... You know, baseball is usually a marathon, not a sprint. You're built that way. And with variance, so much variance in play, right? You're taking plus money on the hockey series. We're seeing, you know, um, the the leveling of stuff uh, here with no fans. I'm on a team that I think could be my variance team in Major League Baseball. Just like I said, the Rockets were the NBA. And I want to um, pitch my case to you and see if it resonates. Okay? I'm on the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, Kev. I think they are a perfect variance team. And by the way, they're going at 18 to 1 to win the American League, okay? okay? Now, I'll give you that the Yankees and the Astros, who are, by the way, in their division, but we think could, you know, we don't know how they're going to play out, are obviously the favorites. But 18 to 1 oh. is good value. Let me tell yeah. you why. In a variance-shortened season, one of the things you can say is, I'll lean on talent, right? Well... Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon seem to be able to have that in spades in the middle of their lineup. I like that approach for the Angels. You may see, I want to look at teams that have either really streaky guys or guys that could benefit from a very compressed season. You think if I told you that Albert Pujols only has to play 50 or 55 games, that doesn't help him before he, you know, gets injured? I do. So there's Pujols, another big bat in the lineup. Justin Upton is still in that lineup. There is no streakier man in baseball. This is a guy who can literally carry a team for two, three weeks at a time in there with Pujols, in there with Trout, in there with Rendon. Go and check Tommy LaStella's stats before he broke his leg last year, okay? Was absolutely coming on as an infielder. Huh. Another thing I can think about is who benefits? As you said, the Yankees are getting healthy, right? You know another huge player that is now healthy and will be able to help the Angels on both sides, Shawani Otani, excuse me, Otani, who will not only have to be a DH, but is ready to throw again in that rotation because of the delayed start, okay? The rest of this lineup has decent guys too, you know, Angleton Simmons, Castro, and whatnot. Then think about some of the arms they brought in, Kevin, that kind of are lower level but could benefit completely from a quick, a new start and a short, condensed Kind of time frame. I'm thinking about guys like Julio Teheran, who they signed. I'm thinking about guys, I know he doesn't move the needle, but Dylan Bundy, who they signed, who can empty out the tank, like you said, in a different way. You tell me of a pitching rotation of Teheran, Otani, um, Andrew Heaney, who a lot of people like taking a step, and Bundy. I think that's okay in the AL. I think this lineup is far above average, led by both MVPs of last year, right, and Rendon and Trout. And they seem to me to be a team that could take advantage of a compressed schedule and the variance that happens over the 50, 60 games. And at 18 to 1, I'll take a shot. Yeah, I think the talent thing in baseball is probably going to be more important than ever um, because it is such a game of hot and cold baseball, right? Yeah. But you, so you could have a, so you're even above average players can have a 20 games slump, right? right? right. Like that's almost half the season, depending Absolutely. on how many guys like Trout and Rendon. Like 170 into May all the time. Absolutely. Guys like Trout and Rendon, mm-hmm. not immune to it, but that's right. Kind of, kind that's of right. are. And 
that in of itself gives them an opportunity like no other. I also think there's something oh, about Tommy be on the hill. They didn't expect this. I think there's also something to the idea of teams that like thought it was going to be their year. I think mm-hmm. for for because this baseball season has been so odd, right? That uh-huh. somewhat checked out teams. Yeah. I'm not sure where, and I don't, when I say checked out, right? Like, eh, what was your excitement level coming into the year? Right, right, right. Uh, waited a ton of time. How excited are you? The Angels spent a wealth of money. That's right. Anthony Rendon is switching places, coming off of the World Series. That's right. Tommy, you know, I mean, excuse me, be, uh, not only Rendon, Tehran, Bundy. And one other thing I was going to give to you, I forgot in my kind of setup for this. Oh. Another way you may lean is coaching. Joe Madden is there now. That's another yeah. move. The, the Angels, Artie Moreno, you don't make that move unless you're you're going for it. And you know and what? New Joe Madden before the message gets stale could be perfect for this kind of scenario. No, and and the thing is, right? Like I don't know how like the conversations around how much a manager matters in baseball is actually one that I do find quite interesting. But I I have to think that the it's probably going to increase that value this in kind a of time concept, like right? this, right? Yeah. Like someone that can adjust and and adapt to what's going on. And Joe Madden is a guy that I think people still trust quite a bit in this league. I understand, you know, ran his time in Chicago. It's the way of the world. Sometimes that's just how things go. Andy Reid's time ran up in Philly. Guess what? Guy won a Super Bowl last year, and he's been nothing but fantastic while being in Kansas City. That's just how things go. So, yeah, look, and it's not a tough sell for me because Mike Trout has been the best player in the league for, it feels like, a decade now. Um, I mean, I had quite this screaming match with uh, Scott Wetzel once on in-game live because I said he might be the best player I've seen, and he mm. projects that on his face by giving me dinosaur-esque stats that I don't right, care right, right, about. Right, right. So I'm in on Trout. I want the best for Trout. And if there's anything more that could work on that guy's favor, he's an Eagles fan. So, I mean, that guy's got a good head on his shoulders. Fair enough. But you know what I mean? I'm not, like, I think they have the, uh, a wealth of the type of players who benefit yeah. – in this context, Absolutely. you throw in the manager as well. And here's what I'm saying also. Like, I, I'll tell you, I'll give you the Yankees and the Astros, Kev, right? But then the third, like, and the Yankees win the AL are plus 165. The Astros plus 370. I told you the Angels are 18 to 1. Yeah. They are the eighth choice to win the AL, Kev. Okay, so here's what it is. Look, yeah. the third choice are the Twins, plus 750. Then the Rays, plus 850. The A's, 13 to 1. The Indians, 14 to 1. The White Sox, 16 to 1. And then the Angels at 18 to 1. You take away the Astros and the Yankees, I believe mm-hmm. the Angels have just as well of a shot as any of the other teams I mentioned at literally double the value. I'm clicking submit. Why not 18 to 1? Yeah, I just got reminded of a baseball question I've been meaning to ask you that I might have to pick my spot with because it could take us off into a world and we may never talk any Seahawks. Um, so maybe we will talk about it. But the one thing I definitely wanted to to ask yeah. you is if we're going to get this expanded playoffs, right? like, why not? Yeah. At the end of the day, first of all, it you, the, the, the Nats were a wild card team. They won the World Series. The Nats won 15 and 30, uh, 19 and 31 in their first 50 games of the season last year. Like, it ain't going to happen this year, but like, that's why yeah. I asked you. Remember yeah. I asked you about the NBA? Would you take the big three or the, yes. the field? Um, yeah. In this variance time, I'm oh looking God. for ways to find the field, Kevin. But in a sport that already has it, yes. of you're course right. you're taking the field, right? Like, the NBA is different from a lot of these sports, right? That's fair. The NFL's single elimination format adds a little bit more variance. Sure. But even still, a lot of times the buy can win out. But hockey and baseball do seemingly have already a ton of variance. Then. So the fact that you might have, Dane, when the, when the picture clears, right? You got a team in the playoffs yep. that will have the best player in yep. the league. Oh, <laughs> and then the best cast that's been around him in that's half right. a decade. Career. Right, absolutely. And I think, yeah. listen, a guy like Otani potentially taking a step both ways is interesting to me. I think either Tehran or Bundy could take a step forward with a new yeah. scenery. It is very, very interesting to me. Too. Just oh, because when it yeah, comes yeah. to betting, timing is key. Right. I am someone who will always say, I don't mind paying for information. I don't mind looking at something's odds, seeing them go the opposite direction, meaning they are now at a shorter price, but it means that what I thought was right. The Angels are a different scenario, though, because the Angels are a team who, if they come out hot like this, like this, 
will flip. If yeah. you think that people like my won't, view on Clyde Edwards Hilaire. <laughs> exactly. Like if you think that people won't look at Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon off to a fifteen and five start and go, Oh, all of our money is on the Angels. Oh, so, right. So I, get it now. That's why I wanted to say it. Get it now. And I also believe, you know, we I just saw the news on Otani last week. And I was like, oh, wait, he's throwing 55 pitches in simulated <laughs> games? That yeah. sounds like he'll be ready to go as yeah. well. And that's a huge marker, okay, for me. But in any event, we are going to turn our attention to football, okay? And we talked about everything from Jake Fromm to Drew Brees. I don't want to get into that. But – we have to, because obviously the biggest figure in all of this is Colin Kaepernick. And there was there was some news, some energy, some tweets out there that maybe now the situation, the context, obviously Goodell even said like, oh, we acknowledge we were wrong. Thanks, dude. But um, I guess the question comes now is, does this clear the way for maybe a return for Colin Kaepernick? What I want to ask you is, A, would he even want that anymore? Or is he more valuable like as an activist? And B, I mean... Listen, I think the man deserves to be in there, but it's been like five years, Kev. You know, it's been like four years. He's 32 years old. I don't know until I see it on the field. What do you think about this? So my thing with Cap, right, is it's been such a layoff. You might say, well, maybe he's moved on. But we just have to go back to last year when he was when he had the workout workout and said, I've been waiting. I think he said three years. I've been ready for three years. And I don't know if Kaepernick has stopped at any point. And here's what I know that the openness to Colin Kaepernick has drastically changed. Right. That's undeniable. Sure. It is undeniable when you look at the statements made by Roger Goodell, sure. when you look at the fact that Drew Brees... Does any individual team or GM want to bring it in? Here's, what, here's the difference, though, now, right? Talk. Let's be honest, even if it's disingenuous. The idea around Kaepernick was you didn't want him on your franchise, it would detract, which was always, which was always ridiculous, and right. I always hated that take. But now... You bet your ass that Colin Kaepernick is the perfect guy to be a face of a franchise. Now, here's the caveat. Cam Newton is still out there. Realistically, a team signing Cam before they signed Colin Kaepernick. However, something you have pointed out a number of times that is very important is how many times people had to turn to another quarterback. Yeah. Countless times throughout the season. Over 50% of teams, Kev. And a lot of times when they turn to that next quarterback, right, they have to look at the guy on the bench and they go, oh, that's always been someone that was completely useless. We'd like to stay competitive. Let's call the market. The difference is now we're not doing Trevor Simeon. We're not right. doing, bless you, Akeem Hicks for this quote, Mike, Mike Glenn. Glenn. Okay? <laughs> we're not, we're not going to call Sam Bradford out of retirement. Yeah. I think now if that number stays and we have teams turning to, to a backup quarterback at that same rate, Dane, I think he gets the call. I really do believe that. Maybe I'm being optimistic. Maybe I've seen too many, um, you know, things that make me want to be like, come on, it's all going to go well. I mean, I do think the stage is set. I don't know if it's actually going to happen. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, to the early line. He is Kevin Walsh. I am merely Dane Martinez, the spitting statistician. We are going into the Seattle Seahawks today. Remember, we've been doing the NFC West. We were so jam-packed at the end of last week with guests Martino and Jay helping us out that we decided to, you know, hit pause. So we are hitting pause again to get back on that. And I think it's timely. You know, you were just talking about Cap. And, you know, the Seahawks are a team led by Pete Carroll who likes to be progressive. I do think they even kicked the tires on cap last year um maybe it's geno smith now backing up russell wilson but let's dive on into that and start with the seahawks like here's the deal Kev. for me and i don't know if i'm like you know you know giving you a tell right now but last year they were like two plays away from being the one seed in the nfc kevin remember both games against the san francisco 49ers one of them was that monday night football overtime game the other one was at the very very end where i think there was literally like a tackle on the one yard line that ended it and remember going into those games it was like you could be the one two or five seed you know because it was so packed in there so i want to remind people about where seattle is starting from and I think it's a pretty good place, especially, Kevin, we've talked about in um, in these COVID times, right, how familiarity 
is going to be very important. Well, there is no more familiar kind of coach-quarterback tandem than Carroll and Russell Wilson. But I want to shine our attention first on their offseason. Right. We know they signed Carlos Hyde to add to the running back room. We know they brought in a lot of options at pass rusher, Bruce Irvin, Manaya drafting because of the Jadavion Clowney kind of back and forth negotiation. And it doesn't look like Clowney will be there. But then I did I want to ask you about their draft, Kev, because their first round pick, for example, Jordan Brooks. I'm okay with him getting a linebacker. He's not necessarily the linebacker I would have gone for. Okay, I I think the same thing about you know one or two of their other picks. But the funny part for me is I said the same thing about the Raiders, right? Going Rugs as the wide receiver, going Arnett as the cornerback, and I threw more shade on them. It seems like I just have more trust in Seattle as a franchise to like. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt, almost the same way I give New England with some of their draft picks the benefit of the doubt. How'd you like? the Seahawks hall um <laughs> like the thing is we probably if it, if it was anyone else we would still be talking That's about that Rashad, Rashad Penny pick right. remember that well, hey we that was the benefit of the doubt unlike yeah, other teams in the NFL they've earned it right well, like, I, the, day, yeah. the Jordan Brooks pick was a mistake Patrick Queen is better he will be better he was on the board <laughs> what it is they made a mistake like that's and right. that's to me what it is like whether or not is it going to cost them this season? I don't know. Brooks is playing next to Bobby Wagner. Like that's <laughs> the thing. They're gonna like they they just have guys in certain spots that can negate a lot of stuff. I want to though. I I, I want to circle back though to the the jumping off point that you gave us, which was them being an eleven and five football team that were one or two plays away from mm-hmm. being one seed. Yeah. There's a there's a drastic other side of the coin. Go ahead. And it's a team that went seven and one on the road. Mm. It's a team that in one score football games, ah. 10 and two, that's not sustainable. I, it's I, not. Now you can say they've got a better chance than most because of Russell Wilson. And right. I have but no choice to concede damn that. Right, that's what I'm going to say. But 10 and two is not sustainable. And I think, Part of the reason they didn't end up the one seed is they lost three of their last four games. I think it caught up to them a little bit at the end of the year, in my opinion. So I look at this football team, and it's hard for me, Dane, because regression in sports and in the NFL is very real. But talent sometimes can can spit in the face of regression. And Russell Wilson will do that. But those are two stats. Mm-hmm. That seven and one on the road, ten and two in one score games yeah, is sure. just preposterous. I think that's fair, Kevin. You know, and when we see talk about regression to the mean, right? If baseball, you look at stats like BABIP, batting average on balls in play, and you're like, oh, that's not sustainable. It's going to come down. But then there are some players where that is their level because either they're so fast and they can run out and field hits, stuff like that, right? Or where you think regression, I, you mentioned Russell Wilson and in close games. You're right. Well, that's probably going to regress. However, maybe part of the reason, right, that they have a surprising uh, uh, success rate in those is because Russell Wilson ain't making the mistakes, right? And maybe that's part of it. I don't know how much I give you that it's not sustainable. We talk about touchdowns are fluky in the NFL, right? But not for some players, not for Mike Evans, you know what I mean? And so there, and I do believe that Russell Wilson is that good and like actually does he's a guy I want you mentioned Bobby Wagner as well so I turn attention to some of the futures bets for the Seahawks here and we will go game by game with the schedule we will give you diamonds and fugazis but I think it's a very intriguing set of numbers here Mm -hmm. with the context that you said Kev their win total is nine and a half okay so that's higher than a lot of the teams we've been talking about recently uh minus heavy juice though to the under Minus 155, under nine and a half. They are minus money to make the playoffs. The books think this is one of the contenders in the NFC that will qualify. Yes for them to make the playoffs is minus 122. No. Interesting. No for them is even money plus 100. They are plus 240 to win the division. It seems like you're going to be lower on Seattle than I am, Kevin, because your idea, just saying that they were 
yes money for the playoffs as minus is I thought you would accept. It looked like you were no, surprised no, by I'm, it. Here's what I'm surprised by. Go ahead. That, the, that based on those odds, they think they're a nine and seven lock for the playoffs. Not lock. I mean, yes is minus Not a lock, but 20. But that's qualifying for the playoffs. Yeah, like how many teams are sitting ahead of them on that's that yes no say. play? Yeah, that's what I was say. I don't. I'm not calculating the yes nos. But what I can tell you is that the Seahawks are the sixth choice okay. to win the NFC. Right. Okay, they are the sixth choice to win the NFC at ten to one, same odds as the Philadelphia Eagles, right above the seventh and eighth choices, which are those two NFC North teams. But I do also want to throw out some other things because you mentioned specific players. Bobby Wagner, sure, twenty-three to one to win the Defensive Player of the Year award. Pete Carroll, twenty-six to one to win Coach of the Year award. I told you about their conference odds at 10 to 1. And Kevin, I'm going to now say something that I am interested in making a bet on. Russell Wilson as the MVP of the league. He is the third choice, Kevin, behind only Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. But he is 7 to 1 to win the MVP. If the Seahawks are one of these top seeds or in the playoffs. I, I think un- it's crazy, but I actually believe Russell Wilson is undervalued. I talked about how much I trust him. Mm-hmm. You know, you have your old guard of quarterbacks, right? The, the, the Breezes, the Bradys. I give you that, that they have accumulated stats and accolades and a resume. Okay. Apples to oranges. The young quarterbacks and their dynamic talent. If you want to tell me about Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson, I get it. But do they have the mental acumen and processing of some of the older guys? If you ask me for a guy who's in the sweet spot of a career, right, who still has the athleticism required, but the understanding of defenses, I think Russell Wilson is that guy in that sweet spot, right? And I'm going to go so far as to say he is my pick for MVP of the National Football League this year. I'm okay with him at 7-1. And to be quite honest, if you lined up every player in the NFL, he might be because of the combination of youth athleticism but also experience and understanding he might be the first name out of my mouth in the entire league kevin i I think here's a good way for people to try and think about this whoever you are right if you're watching us during a commercial break or somewhere or after you're done watching another fantastic episode of the early line right your top 10 quarterbacks that's right russell wilson's the only one in his prime he's the only one Rodgers, Brady, Breeze. You got the young guard. You got the old guard. He's the only one in his prime. It's so weird. It's so weird. Because Aaron Rodgers on the back end, right? I would consider Ben still on the front end. Yeah. Right? That that era of quarterbacks, right? We're talking about the ages of guys like Stafford or Matt Ryan, that sort of thing. It's so – it is so weird to suggest that he's the only quarterback in his prime, but he is the only quarterback (laughs) – in his prime, right. and it's super weird. And if you look at it last year, um, now again, to each his own, right? But some people could argue that he was the MVP last year. I thought some he people. was. Even when Lamar was running away with it, I was telling people, Russell is still live. Do you know what Russell put up last year? His stats are absolutely incredible. And just because Lamar Jackson was doing otherworldly things, don't get me wrong, Lamar Jackson should have been the yeah. MVP last year but if i give you russell wilson's kind of like stats those are mvp caliber stats you know i'm sorry go ahead no i mean he not only had the mvp stats right but it was somewhat that lebron cleveland early cleveland argument right is look what's around me now i would tell you that the offensive line situation had did did get better for him last year and i would also tell you that dk metcalf was certainly a welcome sight and we've come to realize that you know, the Doug Baldwin loss did not matter because apparently him and Tyler Lockett is just one of the most deadly combos that right. the, the, the league is offering. It crushes me. Every time I face him in fantasy, I'm like, this guy is one who I think is going to be nothing to worry about. And then he absolutely blows up. I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. I've been no, burned. Once again, more than fun. It, it's so Russell Wilson, he, I say, and I think that's one of the things. I think he's maybe in a better situation than we realize, but that's okay. That's good. I don't, I don't want guys to have to play with all terrible players to prove to me they're good. Right. Exactly. That is fun. That's He's been doing it with a bad offensive line for his entire right. career. You know, honestly, Kev, 
31 touchdowns, five interceptions last year. Yeah. Ridiculous. 41, you know, 4,100 yards. He also, as a rushing quarterback, right, you know, 300, 400 yards, but he's the one who does it safe. I'm not worried about the durability. Literally, he has started every game of his career for eight years for the Seahawks. No, I'm serious. 16, 16, 16, 16, 16. So you can have Patty Mahomes. You can have all of them. I don't know about his availability. Give me Russell. I know he'll be there. I know he'll be amazing. And I know he won't make the mistake. Yeah, I mean, listen, I get it. To me, I think the argument of that you would use for Russell Wilson over Mahomes is what keeps Russell Wilson over Lamar. To me, Mahomes, I mean, Mahomes has hit heights that Russell's never hit. He's won a Super Bowl MVP. Or he's and listen, done it two years, but yes, I give you that. Right. And I if mean, you want to extrapolate it out, sure. I mean, and right? look, ultimately, right, the idea of us sitting here and debating who's the second, who's the first best quarterback, yeah, what a waste of time. Yeah. Both of these guys are tremendous. And the Seahawks are going to be very, very fun to go through here because quarterback has always mattered so exactly. much when you do these type these type of things. Because right. when you go, hmm. Right. I'll That's where you fun. lean. Give me Russ if I'm on the fence. These Absolutely. type of exercises, exercises, you will find yourself more often than not leaning on someone like Russell. Let's West. do it. That's what we're going to do when we come back. Let me know what you think about the futures for the Seattle Seahawks. Come on back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, to the early line here on SportsGrid. You know, Kev, the Seahawks are such an interesting team, right? Because on one hand, you say you don't necessarily like their draft. They're not going to have Clowney, right? But on offense, you trust Russell, so he keeps him in any game, right? You know about their head coach is someone how you could plant a flag and has been here uh, for a while, is respected on defense. You know, I told you, we got a player of the year candidate there as well in Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wagner went two full seasons, missing a grand total of one tackle. Can you believe that? Like, this is the kind that we are talking about. But let's go through their schedule. I also think, listen, we talk about these kind of contending teams. They have four games in prime time, three of them at home. We know the 12s offer a huge advantage, but they start the season on the road, Kev. They start the season at Atlanta. I know we've had interesting consternation about this game. I will note for you when they are playing at 1 p.m. Eastern on the Eastern time zone, and week one is one of them in Atlanta. Yeah, so this is one of those games that I that I did not give the Seahawks that under normal circumstances I probably would. But again, 7-1 and one on the road, 10-2 and two in one-score games. It's just an unrepeatable type of thing. And that is what gave me an Atlanta Falcons victory in week one. All right, so you have the Seahawks stumbling out of the gate on the road, mm-hmm. going 0-1. They then come home, right? Yeah. And they play two teams at home, back-to-back, prime time in week two, Sunday night football, with New England making the trip. And remember, you also say the reverse is true, right? East to west in a late night game, that's what will be there for the Patriots in the home opener for Seattle. Yeah, it's a great great spot for Seattle to bounce back, right? Them being 0-2 is silly, and then getting to host the Pats in that spot is great. Cool, so you got them 1-1, then they stay home, and Dallas comes to town week three. Yeah, I I like them in that game as well. They've been very good um, at home against Dallas, and that's that's, that's a a very, very typical give-me-the-home-team type of game. If it was played in Dallas, i go Dallas. Okay, fair enough. They then fly across country again, another 1 p.m. Eastern spot. Not as tough of a scenario necessarily, though. It's uh, Miami. I don't know if it's going to be Tua, if it's going to be the Magic, but they're going across country to see the Dolphins. So this is one of, again, this is a typical spot, right, where you would sit there, no-brainer, Seattle. Miami's off a mini-buy. So I got Miami off of a mini-buy. I got Seattle traveling uh, over to the East Coast, even though they've been incredible in that This is spot. actually, by the way, literally the longest flight possible in the NFL from Seattle to Miami. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's those type of things. Here's what I know. I know this is going to be a close game because Seattle always plays these games tight. I'm giving this win to Miami on a mini-buy home. 
All right, so let's just take note of this, though. As you have them two and two, you have mm-hmm. them losing both road games, right? And even against Miami, where yeah. I think reasonable people, including myself, would give Seattle that game as well. They go back home for week five, again, primetime home game. Their opponent has a narrative around primetime. It's Kirk Cousins coming in and the Vikings. Yeah. Although, didn't the Vikings play Seattle on a Monday night in Seattle like last yeah. year? And Kirk Cousins had a great game, but nonetheless, Vikings come to Seattle week five for Monday night or Sunday night football. They sure did. It was actually the sports grid holiday party. I remember. And uh, I remember I'm being on that game heavy. And I remember the Seahawks doing for me exactly me what I needed. Stanfield had the prop bet on Jacob Hollister that oh, yeah. came in, but go ahead. Uh, yeah, it was great. <laughs> Russell Wilson got over on the touchdown prop. We had some live Seahawks team totals that went well. Uh, yeah, I, I trust Seattle in this spot, though. No problem. All right, that's them three and two. Then they have an early bye, Kevin. Mm-hmm. An early bye, six. Then, you know, then they get into some of their division schedule, right? And this is going to be interesting. We've been talking about Arizona. Seattle travels to Arizona for week seven. Yeah, and this is a good spot for Seattle. Uh, so this is where you kind of have to trust them. Even though they're on the road here, they've been on the road three straight years in a row off of their bye and have won all of those games. I will trust Seattle off of a bye each and every time. It's a great spot for them to get back on the uh, the winning ways. All right, they go to four and two. I'm very interested to see what you think of this next game. It is the home date against who many people believe are the favorite in that division, maybe even the favorite in the NFC. San Francisco comes to town. I reminded you, you know, these were one play kind of games against this team last year in Seattle. What happens, uh, Niner Seahawks? Yeah, let me just double check here because I do believe um, – I had this one going Seattle's way, and I did. So, it, you know, it, it's the matter. It's them hosting it, and it's just one of those things. Like, those games were so good last year, man. They were so yeah. great. Um, and, I'm, and I'm giving myself a lean towards – I believe it was a home road split, but the opposite way. Um, basically, I think Seattle won in San Fran last year. Uh, no, because Russell Wilson threw one of his five interceptions of the season in overtime in yeah. San Francisco. And then That's I think – Didn't Fran- they win that game? No, San I, think San won that game. I think San Fran won it by a field goal. I will double check. Yeah, double I have check, the Russell guys. Wilson. Uh, let me get his game stats up. No problem. But keep going. You have Seattle sure. winning this game. I've got Seattle game. winning that game against San Fran, though. Yes, I do. Yeah, 27-24. Um, you're right. They won 27-24, and then they lost 26-21. Again, remember, at the goal line. You are correct. I stand corrected. You have that. I needed that redemption after trying that. to do – uh, minus 12 from 82. There you go. Clip that. We'll make it uh, the best of. So they get the win at home against San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Then they travel across country on the road. Uh, Buffalo, no easy task. Yeah, but the thing is, they do win games on the East, right? So I would be naive to have them losing in all of these spots. Right. Buffalo's a good team. This is a game that Seattle will get up for and, and will be ready to go. This is the sp- spot where I do give them a win. All right, so you have them 6-2 and two in the first half of the season. Mm-hmm. On pace to hit that over, on pace to be a playoff team. Uh, they Back-to-back road games, although they do come back to the West Coast, and they see the division foe, the Rams. Yeah, so the Rams are off their bye here, and uh, the Rams are home. Pretty yeah, much yep. home, home and off a of bye is really easy for, for you. That is definitely one of the Kevin Walsh trends as we are going through this. If you are at home off the bye with the added rest, Kevin likes your chances. Then they are home. Now – This is a good schedule spot for Seattle. It's the short week. They are at home. They get Arizona coming in. Yeah, and it's it's unfortunate for Arizona because they took a game off Seattle last year. They're wanting to be competitive. Again, we talked about it kind of being the opposite of the Chiefs who saw themselves getting friendly spots against the division. The Cardinals here, very, very unfriendly spots when it comes to the Seahawks. Okay. This next game, I want to test a lot of the trends you've been talking about because remember, this is now Seattle. They're going on the road to the Eastern time zone, but it's not a day start. Okay. It's Monday night football. It is their only road primetime game of the season. Kevin, they're coming off the mini buy. Sure. But they're seeing your Philadelphia Eagles. And this is a team, you know, ironically, over the last few years, the Seahawks and the Eagles have had a number of wars together, regular season yeah. and playoff matchups. So maybe there's a budding rivalry here. I know you're a big-time Eagles fan, but what about the mini-buy that Seattle will have as they travel here? What do you like? Yeah, so it's a tough spot because Seattle has that mini-buy. They are traveling, though, for a primetime Monday night game. So the Eagles do have uh, not – a rest advantage, but they also have that extra day that works in their favor. 
it's a really, really tough call. I leaned Philly being at home. And with it, I think if it was a Sunday night, Sunday day game, I might have actually found myself going towards Seattle. But I lean towards Philly with this being a Monday night primetime game. After Davion Clowney's on the field, I hope Carson Wentz throws the ball right in his stomach. All right, fair enough. After that, they do go back home. They have two games at home in a row, and both times they got New York teams flying across country to see them. Week 13 against the Giants, week 14 against the Jets, because they make hay against the New York teams. I mean, geez, Louise, you want to talk about favorable, right? You get these, both these teams have to fly to you. Like, yeah. usually, isn't it, when you play these two teams in a row, you're playing at the Meadowlands twice? Yeah. That's like, right. what, a, what a great it spot. It sets up for them, right? I can't do anything other than give them both these games. All right, you got them getting both games. So now I want to reset the stage here, okay? With three weeks left in the season, we're in mid-December. The Seahawks are 9-4 and four by your count. That's a contending team. Sure. Remember, 9.5 was their win total. It looks like Kevin's going to get them over, I think. Um, but at 9-4, and four, they then go on the road. They do cross the country. It is for a 1 o'clock start. It is outdoors on grass. But who knows what the Washington football team team is going to look like at this stage of their season they go to our nation's capital week 15 yeah i mean washington interestingly enough is actually off three straight road games so they finally get to return home but at this point in the season this is what i this is what i feel confident in the redskins will cover this game but i again i, I could see that late in this what, give season, me russell with something uh, to play for against washington without with with couldn't agree more couldn't agree more i, I like the seahawks in this spot all right uh 10 and 4 Going yep. back home, right? And this is interesting. They finish off with two division games, right? The first one, they host the Rams in Week 16. Yeah, uh, it's it's a nice spot where they can kind of split with the Rams. They've already lost to them, but now getting to host this Rams football team is a big-time advantage for them. All right, fair enough. And then they finish the season at San Francisco. I believe you gave the Seattle win against San Fran at, when they were in Seattle. Mm -hmm. uh, now they travel to the Bay to finish the season. Yeah, and maybe and a game something on the line here. 100%. Like this could be our it's Sunday night football game again for a lot of stakes. Right. Um and I will go go with San Fran here getting the host after losing the game in Seattle. You have the Seahawks going 11 and 5, Kevin. So with that context, yeah. Okay, with that context, when I told you that they are minus 120 to make the playoffs, I like that now. I like that a lot because minus 120 for Russell Wilson to make the playoffs is hard to deny. Here's the and thing. And the other piece right? I told you, 16 games, 16 games, 16 games. Because <laughs> you love it when I talk about ACL tears. I ain't doing it with Russ. I ain't doing it with Russ. This is the thing with this schedule. Now, I always look to you to tell me your judge on how I did. Did I find them wins? Did I find them losses, Right. I gave him two losses that I know you disagree with, right? Right, but then at the same time, I, I accept that they'll defecate the mattress at some point. You have them 11 and 5. I might have gotten them to 12. I might have gotten them to 12. Right, and the thing is, like, I gave That's them that loss in Miami. I gave them that loss in Atlanta. Now, you might try and argue, okay, what about Buffalo, right? Right. Okay, fine. There's a universe out there where they, where they could sweep San Fran even. Listen, there's also a universe, though. Like, they are, we know they're favored against Seattle. Or rather, excuse me, Atlanta, that week one. Right. And they will be favored against Miami, right? Barring something absolutely crazy. So those are two games where I have them getting upset. And they still got to 11 and 5. Like, think about everything I was saying, right? You, you would have thought, okay, based on what he's saying, he's going to have them win in nine games max. Maybe 10. But I, like, you know so what I mean? There was heavy juice on the under nine yeah. and a half. So playoffs is one thing. What about over... Nine and a half, you could get that at plus money right now, Kev. Which I think is also very attractive, and you would not expect. Plus 120 for over nine and a half for Seattle. I think the best bet, though, is still making the playoffs, because minus 120 is not yeah. hard. Minus 120 is, is, a, is a reasonable type of bet, right, that you'll make on a normal Sunday. So I like, again, I like that quite a bit. You go through the schedule here, Dane, it's not that hard. It's a favorable schedule, I would, I would label it. I agree. And you know what? And I told you I'm a little bit higher on Russell and the Seahawks. Mm -hmm. If this team gets to 11 and 5 or 12 and 4 and is hosting playoff games, like, yeah. why couldn't they win the NFC? Why couldn't they win the NFC? Right? Like, if, if the Saints are, are, are at Seattle 
in the NFC Championship game. Is that a cakewalk? No. I'm very high on Seattle. Let's see who we're highest on. Our diamonds and fugazis for these teams are up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back, everybody. Here on the early line, we're looking at the Seattle Seahawks, a very intriguing team, a team that everyone seems to trust. Everyone seems to put faith in Russ. Uh, Every day he's rustling. And also, you know, but yet don't have them actually like going to the Super Bowl or actually winning the NFC. We talked about how they are the like sixth choice to win the conference, although Kevin put them at 11 and five going game by game. I even think there's a little bit more there to get to their ceiling. I can see this team even getting to the 12 win horizon, potentially nine Mm -hmm. and a half is their win total. Not a huge juice to play to think that Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson qualify for the playoffs. That minus 120 to make the playoffs may be the best yes, no bet that we've seen so far. Yeah, I think if if someone through this exercise, two favorite bets, Seahawks, yes, playoffs, Raiders under. I think those are the two best bets that we've come across since doing this. I like the Bears under as well. Right. But absolutely. I think, yeah, and that's what we're doing here, right? Mining for nuggets to help you get ahead of it and have your own stimulus package. What we do right here, though, is also, you know, the diamonds and the fugazis. Who do we on this team Forget about. And I want to ask you first about the wide receiver position because you were talking about Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett, to me, much like Russell Wilson, much like the Seahawks, get less respect than he deserves. Tyler Lockett, you know, he's not a name you think about when you talk about, to me, wideout two, let's say, right? A, a, a solid to not good wideout two. You never think about him. He doesn't ring bells. He's a smaller guy. But the connection with Russ, especially on deep balls, is out of control. And it's almost like maybe it's just my own personal opinion, Kev, because every single time I seem to play against a fantasy manager and I'm going up against Tyler Lockett, he, like, scores two touchdowns every single time. Um, so maybe it's not sustainable. But you tell me, where do you think Lockett is and yeah. where do you think he is vis-a-vis my candidate for alien ball, DK Metcalf, without his shirt? Uh, so Lockett and Metcalf, obviously the wideouts that Russ leans on, Metcalf coming on, sometimes Lockett, a forgotten stud. How do you see these uh, wide receivers? Are you going to have these guys or either a diamond of Fugazi for you? Yeah, DK's a diamond. DK will always be a diamond. If you remembered when we talked about A.J. Brown, I told you that these are two members of the NWO, Nasty Wideouts, while they were over at Ole Miss, and they will forever have my heart for that. When DK Metcalf, you better believe it, when DK Metcalf came through this league, I spent the entire draft night, day one and day two. Every single time someone traded up, I'd go, oh, I think they're coming for DK. Every single time. There was a moment where the Eagles traded up, and I went, oh, Oh, and then they took J.J.R. Sega Whiteside. And I won't forgive you, Howie Roseman, for doing that. D.K. Metcalf is as good. He was, he was, it's just so annoying that people overcomplicate things. People are like, ah, this guy only runs straight. You're idiots. Look at how good he is. I have just no remorse for the people that thought that they were so smart to say that only D.K. Metcalf can run straight. It was proven time and time again. They've mentioned that they're going to continue to expand the route tree for him over in Seattle. He's only going to build more of a rapport with Russell Wilson. Yes, no disrespect to Tyler Lockett. I think he's great, but I think DK Metcalf has what it takes to be the top guy there in Seattle. I'm I'm very, very excited about what DK Metcalf can do year two. Very excited. Okay, so does that mean you have him as a diamond? It sounds like you do. Where do you think they are, though? Because they're close to each other, okay? Yeah. They are... Oh, go ahead. Let me get your guess before yeah. I get the answer. If I had to guess, right? Because, like... I could see Lockett maybe being like 22 and DK maybe being like 28-ish. Wow. Stop right there. (laughs) Lockett is 22. And Metcalf is 27. Oh! Come on now. (laughs) That's amazing. So both 
you know, but you know, uh, that puts Lockett right at the back end of wide receiver two. Uh, DK Metcalf has a high end wide receiver three, but we're splitting hairs, right? Only five in between. The names of the five, by the way, just for context, are Stefan Diggs, T.Y. Hilton, Terry McLaurin, and A.J. Green. Oh, I'll tell you this right now. I'm, those are the I'm five not- in between. So those are the five below Lockett, yet above Metcalf. Here's what I know. Last year, I said, I will not put A.J. Green on any of my teams. I don't think he's going to play a single game. How smart am I? Who put A.J. Green on a team? Not me. Me. Not oh, me. you did? The guy who said it all year, that A.J. Green that wouldn't be on his teams because he'd miss all the games. Oh, bro. I don't know what to tell you. Listen, like, uh, anyway, I'm not, I won't do the A.J. Green thing, even though I'm excited about what Joe Burrow can do. Sure. I know. Um, Stefan Diggs, like his quarterback is Josh Allen. He was great with John Brown. I'll go D.K. Metcalf as well. Terry McLaurin was great last year, but Washington's offense or the number two in Seattle, that's good for me. T.Y.'s interesting. T.Y.'s real, real interesting. Yeah, I think T.Y. could creep back into uh, the echelon that he was in before. But let me press you on this a little bit, Kev. If you are sitting there in round four or five, right, and they are both on the board, are you literally – are you taking Metcalf over Lockett if they're both on the board? I think I am. I really do. I just, I think Lockett fits so perfect with Russ, man. And I think part of the reason that he got, uh, didn't get the love that you felt he should, and I understand why, was because Doug Baldwin also fits so perfectly with Russ. Right. Bit of a trend here. Everyone fits perfectly with one of the best quarterbacks in football. See how that works? I just think that DK Metcalf has the superior set of tools that he's working with. And I mean, they were pretty similar last year in production, if I'm not mistaken, right? I think I'll go and check, had- but I think you're probably right. I'll go and check yeah. them two up against each other um, in the team stats last year. And remember, I, I I like it also because they, you know, that second year wide receiver I always tell you about, you know, takes that jump. Guys like Galladay, Godwin have done it recently. Um, and I think Metcalf can potentially do that as well. In terms of the receiving stats from last year, they were close. Um, but this is the difference. And this is why I take Lockett more. Okay, Lockett had 1,057 yards. Metcalf had 900. So in yards, they're close. Lockett had 82 catches to Metcalf's 58. That's a big difference to me. I can see Metcalf as the the down-the-field guy, the touchdown guy. But if you're in a PPR league, the reception gap, I still think, is too big with Lockett as the true security blanket for Russ. What was the target gap? Ten. That's interesting. That uh, Lockett, 82 catches on 110 uh, targets, a percentage of 90, excuse me, 74 percent. Yeah. Whereas Metcalf, 58 catches on 100 targets, obviously 58 percent, but it's down the field more. So it makes sense. Well, right. No, it, it does. But the thing is, he also was like had like a perfect passer rating when thrown to Tyler Lockett, I feel like, for like three years. Right. Exactly. Right. And I might be off base then by saying I'd lean. I, I might be off base then by saying that I would lean DK. I think DK can take that step. He pops and steps, or maybe in the best ball kind of leagues, right? Because yeah. when he does, it's it's um probably with the touchdowns and those big over the top plays. But I've seen Lockett. You know, I'm gonna have some of Tyler Lockett if he's going as wide out 22, and you tell me that that's a back end wide receiver too. If Tyler Lockett is my second wide receiver on any of my fantasy teams, I'm completely. Cool with that. Let's talk about the running backs. I got a diamond in the rough right now, and maybe it just hasn't adjusted, right? Because Carlos Hyde is new on that roster, and maybe uh, some of these ADPs are taken into account now that he is signed and on Seattle. But I think Hyde is a diamond in the rough. Listen, for me, Chris Carson is going in ADP as a running back too, right? And I don't know if I trust his health. I don't know if I trust the fumbling. And Hyde, to me, is one of those, like, last year, Kevin for Houston. He got a thousand yards and no one even really knew. I think now with Seattle in a different offense, I think he can do the same thing. I would not be surprised if Hyde winds up being the A side of this timeshare and he's going as running back 71 right now, Kevin. It's interesting, man. Carson was, was I guess, the sign, but you know, Carson was pretty good for, for, for me last year on the, on the spots that I had him. Yeah. But he does have a fumbling issue. And it did somewhat feel like maybe Rashad Penny was coming on. And legitimate threat to eat into Carson than Penny ever was or CJ Procise ever was. Yeah. Yeah. It's so weird. The Rashad Penny pick is so weird. I mean, 
They didn't even they, they didn't even flirt with the idea of we have to force this guy touches. We don't care that we put Newton in the first round. Which is like give them credit, but also like how did you draft Rashad Penny? Um, to me, yeah, I, if very much so. This is where I am learning from you and I'm taking from you. It's a backfield I don't really want much of because I think it's weird. So I'll take the lower guy. And the yeah. gap is like a lot. Carson I mean, is going as running back 15, a relatively high-end right running back two. Hyde is going as running back 71. Now, don't get me wrong. If you ask me to bet an amount of money that I cared about on who would lead the Seahawks in rushing, my answer would be Chris Carson. Okay? Yeah. But, you know, instead of 1571, do I think it could easily wind up being at the end of the season more like 30 and 37? Yes. So that, for that, yeah. the value is Hyde, in my opinion. And that's the biggest thing. Like, forget Chris Carson in a way. And we'll see. Right. Like, we'll, and we'll remember this specifically, I, I bet, when we get closer to draft draft season. Carlos Hyde's not going to be 71. Right. Carlos Hyde is going to get himself into the and 50s, 40s. Adjust, right, because it's a recent signing. So maybe some of these rankings were when he was uh, on the street and he'll obviously move up. I accept that. But, you know, still, I think, I think he's being undersold. No, I, I, totally, I totally agree. I think the one guy that I'm not – I'm not positive on where he is is will disley yeah right so remember isn't there hollister there as well this rule yeah. is actually they're going double tight end it could be i'll tell you right now this uh, was just like a, it was like a top five oh, tight end last year when he was healthy was, right no 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 one of their additions in the off season kevin they oh, signed greg olsen oh right oh right oh Olsen and oh, Greg right. Olsen is the highest rated uh, Seattle tight end right now at 24. They're, you're going to have a herd. What? You're going to have a herd at tight end. Ooh, but 24 for Greg yeah. Olsen with yeah, Russell Wilson? Get targets, though. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know what to do with that. I don't want nothing. No, at 24, though? Fine, but that means are you can you're also not drafting? Yeah, that's something to say. You're not drafting tight end twenty four. And then if I can get him or Irv Smith or Chris Herndon on the bye yeah. week, I'm fine with that. I'm not carrying two. No, I know, and that's the thing. This is why sometimes I've heard people suggest two tight end leagues to make them matter more. Um, but it's right. not that's not a thing. I can't account for two tight end leagues. And yeah, why tight end twenty four is not going to be on a team? But, like, could you see that pie is going to be split? You mentioned Disley, who's coming back from a bad injury, right? He is. Hollis is there. Olsen. Now just the tight end targets are being split up into the a thing pie. Is, Olsen has the pedigree to Olsen separate. Olsen also has the injury history. He sure does, though. I, listen, I, I mean, you can see how this is just, like, pulling me in, in directions. Like, the fact that Olsen is added to the mix makes it, to me, like one of those running back by committees that I don't want any of them. Yeah. But even more at the tight end position where in other teams there is a dominant tight end, at least in terms of the attention spare. We only got like 30 seconds left. Russell Wilson is going as quarterback four. Quarterback two last year, something like yeah. that. Right. Are I mean, you spending for him? You're either maybe. spending for him or not. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the answer is probably not because I'm either going to try and do like Mahomes or Lamar or like – Six, seven, eight. Yeah. Like, you know, he's in a weird Quick spot. on that, too, although I will bet a couple shekels of him to win the MVP award. We'll continue to talk about it tomorrow. There's the Seahawks. There's another edition of the Early Line. We'll see you guys tomorrow. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.